Hi, I'm Eric, and this is Listen to Sleep. Slow, quiet stories to help you fall asleep. A big thank you going out to Andy for joining the Patreon this week. Thank you to Andy and everyone else who is supporting the podcast through becoming a patron at patreon.com slash listen to sleep. I also want to say thank you to Eva for upping her patron level this month. Your support means the world to me. It also allows me to spend more time working on the podcast and helps me get toward my goal of $501 subscribers. I would love for this podcast to be supported organically through small contributions from the people who love it and want to support it. So if you can do that and join for a dollar a month, you'll get 10 hours of nature sounds I've recorded here around my cabin in Northern California, and you'll get the podcast a day early every week without any introductions or ads, and you'll never have to listen to me talking about the Patreon again. (laughs) I want to make it easy for everyone who wants to, to just contribute a little bit to the podcast and help support something that a lot of people love. It's been really, really satisfying for me to read all your emails and tweets and Instagram messages. If you want to send me a message, you can do that at eric at listentosleep.com, or you can hit me up on Twitter at listen to sleep and Instagram, same, at listen to sleep. Tonight, we're going to continue from the book In the Days of Giants, a book of Norse tales by Abby Farwell Brown. Take a deep breath. Let it out. Get cozy and relax as I read to you. If you start to nod off, that's okay. Scotty's Choice The giant Thiassa, whom Thor slew for the theft of Eden and the magic apples, had a daughter, Skadi, who was a very good sort of girl, as giantesses go. Most of them were evil-tempered, spiteful, and cruel creatures, who desired only to do harm to the gods and to all who were good. But Skadi was different. Stronger than the hatred of her race for the Aesir, stronger even than her wish to be revenged for her father's death, was her love for Baldur the Beautiful, the pride of all the gods. If she had not been a giantess, she might have hoped that he would have loved her also. But she knew that no one who lived in Asgard would ever think kindly of her race, which had caused so much trouble to Baldur and his brothers. After her father was killed by the Aesir, however, Skadi had a wise idea. Skadi put on her helm and corselet and set out for Asgard, meaning to ask a noble price to pay for the sorrow of Tiasa's death. The gods, who had all grown young and boyish once again, were sitting in Valhalla, 
merrily enjoying a banquet in honor of Eden's safe return. When Scotty, clattering with steel, strode into their midst. Heimdall, the watchman, astonished at the sight, had let this maiden warrior pass him upon the rainbow bridge. The Aesir set down their cups hastily, and the laughter died upon their lips. For though she looked handsome, Skadi was a terrible figure in her silver armor, and with her spear as long as a ship's mast brandished in her giant hand. The nine Valkyries, Odin's maiden warriors, hurried away to put on their own helmets and shields, for they would not have this other maiden, ten times as huge, see them meekly waiting at a table while they had battle dresses as fine as hers to show the stranger. Who are you, maiden, and what seek you here? asked Father Odin. I am Skadi, the daughter of Thiassa, whom you folks have slain, answered she, and I come here for redress. At these words, the coward Loki, who had been at the killing of Thiassa, skulked low behind the table. But Thor, who had done the killing, straightened himself and clenched his fists tightly. He was not afraid of any giant, however fierce. And this maiden, with her shield and spear, only angered him. Well, Scotty, quoth Odin gravely, your father was a thief and died for his sins. He stole fair Eden and her magic apples, and for that crime he died, which was only just. Yet, because our righteous deed has left you an orphan, Scotty, we will grant you a recompense. So you shall be at peace with us, for it is not fitting that the Asir should quarrel with women. What is it you ask, O Skadi, as solace for the death of Thiassa? Skadi looked like an orphan who was well able to take care of herself, and this indeed her next words showed her to be. I ask two things, she said, without a moment's hesitation. I ask the husband whom I shall select from among you, and I ask that you shall make me laugh, for it is many days since grief has let me enjoy a smile. At this strange request, the Asir looked astonished, and some of them seemed rather startled, for you can fancy that none of them wanted a giantess, however handsome, for his wife. They put their heads together and consulted long whether or not they should allow Scotty her two wishes. I will agree to make her laugh, grinned Loki. But suppose she should choose me for her husband. I am married to one giantess already. No fear of that, Loki, said Thor. You were too near being the cause of her father's death for her to love you overmuch. Nor do I think that she will choose me, so I am safe. 
Loki chuckled and stole away to think up a means of making Scotty laugh. Finally, the gods agreed that Scotty should choose one of them for her husband. But in order that all might have a fair chance of missing this honor, which no one coveted, she was to choose in a curious way. All the Asir were to stand in a row behind the curtain which was drawn across the end of the hall, so that only their feet were seen by Scotty. And by their feet alone, Scotty was to select him who was to be her husband. Now, Scotty was very ready to agree to this, for she said to herself, Surely I shall know the feet of Balder, for they will be the most beautiful of any. Amid nervous laughter at this new game, the Aesir ranged themselves in a row behind the purple curtain, with only their line of feet showing below the golden border. There was Father Odin, Thor the Thunderer, and Balder his brother. There was old Njord the Rich, and his fair son Frey. There was Tyr the Bold, and Bragi the Poet, Blind Hood, and Vidar the Silent, Vali and Ul the Archers, Forsheti the Wise Judge, and Heimdall the Golden-Toothed Watchman. Loki alone, of all the Aesir, was not there, and Loki was the only one who did not shiver as Scotty walked up and down the hall, looking at the row of feet. Up and down, back and forth went Scotty, looking carefully, and among all those sandaled feet, there was one pair more beautiful than the rest. Surely these are Baldur's feet, she thought while her heart thumped with eagerness under her silver corselet. Oh, if I guess right, dear Balder will be my husband. She paused confidently before the handsomest pair of feet, and pointing to them with her spear, she cried, I choose here. Few blemishes are to be found in Balder the Beautiful. A shout of laughter arose behind the curtain, and forth slunk not young Balder, but old Njord the Rich, king of the ocean wind, the father of those fair twins, Frey and Freya. Skadi had chosen the handsomest feet of old Njord, and therefore he must be her husband. Njord was little pleased. But Scotty was heartbroken. Her face grew longer and sadder than before when he stepped up and took her hand sulkily, saying, Well, I am to be your husband, then. And all my riches stored in Noatun, the home of ships, are to be yours. You would have chosen Balder, and I wish that this luck had been his. However... It cannot be helped now. Nay, answered Scotty, frowning. The bargain is not yet complete. None of you has made me laugh. 
I am so sad now that it will be a merry jest indeed which can wring laughter from my heavy heart. She sighed, looking at Balder. But Balder only loved Nana in all the world. Just then, out came Loki, riding on one of Thor's goat steeds, and the red-bearded fellow cut up such ridiculous capers with the gray-bearded goat that soon not only Scotty, but all the Asir and Njord himself were holding their sides with laughter. Fairly won, fairly won, cried Scotty, wiping the tears from her eyes. I am beaten. I shall not forget that it is Loki to whom I owe this last joke. Someday I shall be quits with you, Red Joker. And this threat she carried out in the end, on the day of Loki's punishment. Scotty was married to old Njord, both unwilling, and they went to live among the mountains in Scotty's home, which had once been Tiasa's palace, where he had shut Eden in a prison cell. As you can imagine, Njord and Scotty did not live happily ever after, like the good prince and princess in the storybook. For, in the first place, Scotty was a giantess, and there are few folk, I fancy, who could live happily with a giantess. In the second place, she did not love Njord, nor did he love Scotty, and neither forgot that Scotty's choosing had been sorrow to them both. But the third reason was the most important of all. And this was because Scotty and Njord could not agree upon the place which should be their home. For Njord did not like the mountain palace of Scotty's people, the place where roaring winds rushed down upon the sea and its ships. The sea with its ships was his friend, and he wanted to dwell in Norton, where he had greater wealth than anyone else in the world, where he could rule the fresh sea wind and tame the wild ocean, granting the prayers of fisherfolk and the seafarers who loved his name. Finally, they agreed to dwell first in one place, then in the other, so that each might be happy in turn. For nine days they tarried in Tierheim, and then they spent three in Norton. But even this arrangement could not bring peace. One day they had a terrible quarrel. It was just after they had come down from Scotty's mountain home for their three days in Njord's sea palace, and he was so glad to be back that he cried, Ah, how I hate your hills. How long the nine nights seemed, with the wolves howling until dawn among the dark mountains of giant land. What a discord compared to the songs of the swans who sail upon my dear, dear ocean. Thus rudely he taunted his wife, but Scotty answered him with spirit. 
And I, I cannot sleep by your rolling sea waves, where the birds are ever calling, calling as they come from the woods on the shore. Each morning, the seagull's scream wakes me at some unseemly hour. I will not stay here even for three nights. I will not stay. And I will have no more of your windy mountaintops, roared Njord, beside himself with rage. Go if you wish. Go back to Tierheim. I shall not follow you, to be sure. So Scotty went back to her mountains alone and dwelt in the empty house of Tiasa, her father. She became a mighty huntress. Swift on the skis and ice runners which she strapped to her feet. Day after day, she skimmed over the snow-crusted mountains, bow in hand, to hunt the wild beasts which roamed there. Ski goddess, she was called, and never again did she come to the Asgard halls. Quite alone in the cold country, she hunted hardily keeping ever in her heart the image of Balder the Beautiful, whom she loved, but whom she had lost forever by her unlucky choice. Good night.